And now for your listening pleasure, here's Polizzi and Rose, covering the week of media, marketing, and digital content news. This old marketing. Take it away, boys. Well, hello, friends. Welcome to This Old Marketing. That's right. We're brought to you by the HubSpot Podcast Network, the audio destination for business professionals. And I'm Robert Rose. And well, welcome to episode number 406 for Friday, December 15th, 2023. And with me, as always, as he always is, my friend, my colleague, and a guy who definitely thinks Kadarius Tony was offsides, Mr. Joe Polizzi. <laughs> <laughs> like that? I have ne- yes, I have never seen Patrick Mahomes be so upset. He was mad. He was he real was really mad. mad. And I yeah. look at I don't know. The guy was offsides. I mean, that's just that he was offsides. His whole foot was offsides. <laughs> He's offsides. I mean, that's, but I, they that's just all never there is called to it. it before. The problem, the bigger problem. They have called it. They called it on my team. They called it on the Cowboys. Well, it was this a big, year. This year they've called this like year eleven yeah. times. Last year they called it twice, <clears throat> and then they never called it in the in all of the 2010s or something like that. So this is a new thing that they're focusing on. The challenge is is Kadarius Tony's lined up. So plays for the Kansas City Chiefs. So everybody's and he's lined up, and his foot is basically offsides immediately. Yes. And then on that play, Patrick Mahomes throws to Kelsey going down, and then Kelsey does this beautiful lateral pass. And they score a touchdown. It was one of the greatest plays I've seen in a long, great long play. time. Yeah. It had to come back. But Tony didn't, you know, you can, I didn't know you could do this. I was learning this afterwards. When you line up offsides, you can ask the umpire, the ref that's right there, am I offsides? And they will tell you. Yes that's right. No. He didn't do it. So it's his own that fault. That is correct. And that is correct. And then there's a there's a bunch of people uh, I see in the feeds are saying, well, why didn't they just blow the play dead? It's like, well, no. Because they don't know how the play is going to play out. It could have been an interception. And then if it was an interception, then yeah. the the Bills could have declined that penalty. And there you go. And that's where I don't like when they call, when they blow a play dead, if there's offsides. As, lo- as long as, I mean, you don't have to do that unless somebody's, unless they've touched the players' offensive defensive to touch each other or the players coming in the line of sight of the quarterback and just going to destroy him. Then they'll call it dead. But other than that, keep playing that stuff because it's an opportunity for whoever wasn't offsides to to do something. Yeah. But I digress. Our teams, our teams are are doing well. You're they're doing well. Doing well. The Browns are doing well. Browns are are doing well. We're doing well. We celebrated today with our our matching hats. Oh, how do you like my for people who are listening? We first of all, we both have. I have my Br- Cleveland Browns hat on. You have your Dallas Cowboys hat on. So, That's right. Okay, we're uh, s- again. Apologies for those people who don't like us talking about the NFL. We're we'll going to talk about plenty of other things. So second. stay tuned. Right. We're just we're enough gonna, with uh, the yeah. enough with the hate mail on the <laughs> on the NFL stuff. This is our podcast. We can talk about what we want. We can. It's again. I think people think that it's for them. But it's, yes, it's but yes, it, for those wrong. who are for those who are out there and uh, are actually can see, and we would encourage you to go to the YouTube channel, by the way, to see our beautiful mugs, which but, is starting to take off. Yeah, yeah. This old marketing it, YouTube, it, it, I, we're feeling good about it. It's We've got a little strategy going. We'll talk on. about that later in the show. We have a we whole can. news segment on on that particular thing. But Joe but seems wearing, to be wearing I'm, a dead cat. He's I'm, he's <laughs> he's got a dead cat on. 
So I filled <laughs> out. So we're as as everyone knows now. I'm we're part of the HubSpot Podcast Network, and they have a little the link audio that destination you can get a little business professionals. <laughs> you can get a little tchotchke basket if yeah. you filled out the form. I filled out the form. Robert did not fill out the form. So yesterday I got this package from HubSpot, and I don't think it's. I think it's. It's. I think it's a llama. I think I, I'm wearing I, a llama. Sure. Is, is, and it's really alpaca, warm. I think they call it. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it, it's really soft and it's really warm. It's cold here in Cleveland right now, but it's, it's I'm wearing I'm wearing some a, a, a very warm climate country right now. It looks like television me. snow is what it looks like. It looks like you can't <laughs> quite get the right channel on your coat there. It, but it says it's, I don't know if you can read that. It says creator. Oh, thank God. I am, identify. I am a sure. creator. Yeah. I am. And I think what's amazing is how do they find an animal that had creator already? It's, it's amazing how that actually happens. Yeah, they yeah. had to, they're there. It's a very rare alpaca, alpaca farm. Yeah. That's it's right. Dusky, Ohio. That's right. It's At least 14 get... anteaters died making that, uh, <laughs> making that coat. <laughs> it's going to be one of those shows, folks. Uh, strap, strap in. Uh, yeah. So, so there we go. Anything else uh, going on in your world? It uh, seems to be winding down. I mean, it seems to be that everybody is sort of the way the holidays fall this year. It's like, everybody is sort of like, yep, yeah, checked out, done, you know, tapping out for the year. Because, early this year. Oh, yeah. Seems. Really early this year. Right. So it's, you know, People don't want to work. Nobody they wants don't. to work. They don't. They really don't this year. I, mean, it I seems. think that's and a true statement. Like they just like, okay, you get to December on the calendar and you're like, okay, what can I do with my schedule? So I don't have to work in December. Yeah, I think that's, that's exactly it. That's exactly. Well, I try and always architect my work so that I get done around the 19th or 20th so that I can basically take from the 20th through whatever yeah. the day end up being in new year's uh, sort of off. Um, but this year it's, I mean, it, it's literally this weekend, right? I mean, you know, as we, as we get to December 16th on the Saturday, it's, it's going to be done for me. I mean, I'm pretty much, I'm going to have a couple of things to do next week, but not it's everybody I think is just checking out. Right. We have, man, we have tons of, we, we have different groups of family coming in this year. Oh, good for you. We've got, of course, we've got the, the Browns bears game this Sunday. Then we've got Thursday night football. So we've got people coming in for that. It's uh, it's gonna get crazy. Our holidays <laughs> it's gonna are gonna get nuts in here. It's gonna get nuts, specifically because <laughs> I'm not used to our football team being good at this time of the year. Yeah, yeah. And it makes everything a little bit. And the better. games are much more meaningful, right? Exactly. They are meaningful. Yeah. No, not more meaningful. They are. They have some meaning. So <laughs> usually at this time of the year, there's no meaning right. to the to um, the games. There's no like, oh, did the Browns play today? I don't know. Is it Sunday? I don't know. We don't yeah. know now this year. We're like, oh yeah. You not only thing. know that they're playing, you know who they're playing, right. and you know what it what the ramifications yeah. are if they win or lose. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, hey, before okay, before we go on, I don't know we want yeah. to get right to the news because we got a very jam-packed filled episode of great yes. marketing news. But I wanted to mention because <laughs> you and I are both involved in this one. Content Entrepreneur Expo early bird pricing is Ooh. going the way of the dodo. Uh, at the end of this year. So December 31st is. is your last chance to get the cheap. You save like 50%. Yeah. If you sign up before the end of the year, you're speaking at CEX. I've heard I'm, that I'm is the hosting, rumor. I'm hosting the event. It'll be in Cleveland, May 5th through 7th. I am super, we, we're putting up the speakers now. 
we've got our eyes on a, a special keynote as well that I think might come in. I so I don't want to. I can't say anything yet, but I, Ooh, this right. is going to be an absolutely fabulous lineup. And I believe if things work out, you and I are going to do a live, a live show live from there. This old yeah. marketing, yeah, from the opening one of the receptions, the opening That's reception right. or the second. We don't know yet. Yeah. But it's going to be a big deal. Which so means go to cex.events. will be CEX, exactly. cex.events and sign up. So if you if you love us, you will come and see us in person. <laughs> I think that makes sense. If you love us. That's how my train of thought works. <laughs> there it if is. you really want it's to support good. Robert and Joe, yeah. you will come see us in person. Yeah. And by the way, we're going to have your book at the bookstore. Oh, well, that's. I didn't know that. That's of wonderful. Course. That's of that's course. Yes, lovely. we're gonna we're gonna we're really <laughs> obviously because Lulu, the leading self publishing company in the world, purchased the Tilt and CEX last year. Yeah. We're putting a very strong focus on books and authors and that oh. por portion of the business model. So of course you are an author. So you, that's what you're I've heard. going yes. to be in yeah. the in the author bookstore. I am an author. My books will be there too. It's very exciting. It's going to be fantastic. I'm very much looking forward to it. I actually and moved some things around in my schedule so that I was able to attend the whole thing. Everyone needs, I'm, yeah, you don't need to go into detail, but just so everyone knows, you are, you have to say no to a very special thing that you do, you do every year. You go to a, a, a retreat and you're not doing that this year because you've chosen to spend time with me you are the chosen one. i think it's taken our friendship to the next level actually because <laughs> you've taken that extra step forward <laughs> and said yes i want to be friends with you that is a scary scary thing it really, it really is, is scary and i didn't yes. know what to do with that when you told me i'm like oh, no the it. next thing you do know I we'll be act? Spinning. yeah i didn't know if i, I mean... should act different around you or we have to like trade <laughs> yeah. gifts at christmas i don't know this is a whole new thing yeah. <laughs> yeah. As long as we don't have to cuddle, that's, that's, Wait, no, that's, there's, uh, there that's will be no, good. there will be no, this old marketing spooning. Okay. All right. <laughs> okay. The, see, go. see, it's already weird. You made it weird. <laughs> <laughs> what do we got this week? We got a great show. We have a great show. We are going to open up and we'll talk a little bit about open AI because they're in the news about the news. We'll explain what we mean by that in just a moment. Then we will get into some Pew research. Pew has just come out with a new research study about teens and social media and media consumption and all of that. Some surprising results in there. And we'll learn and talk about podcasting. That's right. Uh, everything that we knew about podcasting apparently is a lie and some amazing new wonderful research from our friend Tom Webster and the folks over at Sounds Profitable. Um, and we'll then get into, well, a little bit of a question from our audience and uh, all of this football stuff will start to make a little more sense at that point. Um, and then we'll get into rants and raves and I'm going to I'm going to have a very quick rave uh, over a, an article in the Atlantic, uh, and then I'm going to I'm going to I guess it's a rant. I guess more than anything else, it's a piece of commentary about what's going on with uh, ID and third party cookies and you know programmatic advertising uh, and where it stands right now with oh, some goody. acquisitions that have happened there. Yep. And then Joe's going to rant on Dropbox and basically is they are they you know are they treating our data with care and wonderfulness oh, that I'm we would rant. expect. It's yeah, it's yeah. a it's going to be an all out rant. It it's going to be I'm, a big I'm rant. I'm still upset. Yeah. I'm still I'm very disappointed. So you're going to want to hang for that. You can so just fast yeah, so, forward to the 50 some minute mark. 
Yeah. <laughs> right. Exactly. Although you can't do that. Did you notice <clears throat> when we, cause we, this show we record generally on Thursdays, just so people. Yeah, know. that's and right. Then we send it out on LinkedIn at eight o'clock, our, both our times, eight o'clock in the morning on Friday. Yep. So eight o'clock Eastern and then 11 o'clock Eastern for, for you. And you can't, when, when it shows up at eight, you can't fast forward. Like you have I know. to sit through it. <laughs> I know. Well, <laughs> it's also it. weird because I will tell you this. It's also weird because what you also can't do is, so just so you know, if you're a creator in this space and, and you do this, the comments that come in during the show, you really can't look at them or comment on them until the show is done. That's right. Because you can't they see it until they so yeah so let's say you're at the nine minute mark and you make a comment on this on my LinkedIn page or your LinkedIn page nine minute you won't even see that comment come up until you're through that part of the episode exactly exactly which so I think plays, is wrong yeah. I think live is fine obviously live is yep. live yep. but then once it archives you should be able to see all those at one time uh, right and it's really hard it makes it really hard to so I wake up in the morning and. I see that the show has started East coast time and I start seeing comments come in and I'm like, Oh, I, I could reply to that. Oh, I could yeah. reply to that. And then I'm like, no, you can't really. I mean, because by the time I get there, it's already out or it's not done or I have to watch it. And it's, it doesn't, it's very hard. So Why did they do that. I'm, I don't know. I'm going to have to send in. Well, probably they do it because we're, it, I mean, truth be told, we're not doing what they intend us to do, right? It's supposed they intend, to be live. We're supposed to be live. Yeah, we're supposed to be live. And, and you know, they. it's not again. I mean, as I understand it, we're not really breaking the rules, but we're not really like it's well, it's not intended to do it that way. They intend for us to actually be live we so that we're like decision. watching these comments come in and yeah. commenting in real time. Well, we could make a decision on just putting up a shorter video of some of the stuff, which we have, which we started doing on YouTube. But if we want, I don't believe the length of this episode, if we just uploaded it, it wouldn't take it. It's too long for just a link. Like, I don't think you can upload an hour's worth of a video I on think LinkedIn you can. right now. Can you? I think you can. Because we could just do that. Yeah. That would be another way to do it. And we just yeah, schedule but- a post with a video. But... You also don't get the nice algorithm bump, right? When you, don't you get post the, it live, oh, you don't. Joe and Robert are this old are starting live. live right yeah, now. exactly. <clears throat> so it's just always another working that, that algorithm. Always, always mm, work the algorithm. Well, we we'll talk about that. We'll definitely talk about that when All we right. talk about the uh, the podcasting and what yeah. what what's actually going on in the industry. But shall we get? Shall yes, we? Let's begin? let's let's do this. I wanna, let's jump I into our this. first news story, which comes to us courtesy of Axios, and it is all about OpenAI. Fascinating story, kind of breaking news, really, breaking, as it yeah, as, as it comes through. And basically, the headline says OpenAI has struck a real-time news deal for its ChatGPT uh, with Axel Springer, uh, which is, you probably have never heard of Axel Springer, but Axel Springer is the parent company of a bunch of both German and U.S. media outlets. Um, and the, op- the article opens up by saying ChatGPT parent OpenAI has struck a deal with Axel Springer, parent to a slew of German and, and U.S. media outlets. It's almost like I get this information from this story anyway. So to help provide <laughs> the people with new ways to access quality real-time news content through our AI tools, said OpenAI COO Brad Lightcap. Uh, and 
really the deal marks, as they say, a new milestone in the relationship between journalism and artificial intelligence firms, one that involves not just providing data to train ChatGPT models, but also using vetted journalism to bolster the accuracy of ChatGPT's responses. It also marks the first time that OpenAI has detailed plans for ChatGPT to provide attribution to news publishers in its responses. The two firms said that the new arrangement has explicitly valued the publisher's role in contributing to OpenAI's products and marks a significant step in both firms' commitment to creating new financial opportunities that support a sustainable future for journalism. And basically, it will be, uh, uh, the, the German outlets will be Bild and Welt, uh, and I'm sure I'm mispronouncing those names because I'm not doing my German accent. Um, and then American <laughs> outlets will be Politico and Business Insider, which, God help us for the Business Insider content, but anyway. Um, <laughs> You're not a BI fan. I am not a BI all. fan. Um, Politico is good. Politico is a really good publication. BI, not so much. Um, anyway, it's gonna. It's fascinating. What? So, I mean, I have a. I, I have a take on this. But what do you think? Being in the world of publishing and and news and all of that for so many years, what what's your take on this? Well, we've talked about this before. It rem eerily reminds me of the time when I was at Penton Media and the Google executives came into the Penton office. And Penton Media, by the time at that time, was the largest independent B two B company in the United States, in North mm. America. So mm. it was a big deal. So Google was coming in to work out a spidering deal so they could access all of Penton's content. And their publishers were, some were all for it because they said, oh, findability, this is the next big thing. And some other ones were, well, why are we gonna give all this information to, to Google? <laughs> so, and now Google is one of the most powerful companies on the planet. It seems a little bit like that because of the fact that, and we've talked about it, I think last week, how many more people are using ChatGPT as a search engine? Yeah. Is where they get their information. Like we talk a lot about ChatGPT of content creation and storytelling and those types of things, and a replacement for content creation and writing duties, if you and, and also art as well with Dolly 3. But this is a really important move to say, hey, if okay, if people are using this as a search engine, we need immediate, uh, uh, timely news and Right now, the language model it's built on does not, what is it, go to 20, end of 21 or something like that? If well, it's now integrated with Bing Search, so it's it's pretty it's pretty up to date. And you can actually see it when you do a, when you do a, a question that wants something uh, from uh, the current news or the current topical. It. it actually says going out to, I mean, this is Microsoft sort of, you know, putting their thumb on the scale a little bit, but with what's going on with their investment and integration. But basically now it, it will tell you, ah, going to Bing search for, you know, for the answer to this. Yeah. So I think there's going to be a little, uh, quite a bit of FOMO with publishers that want to have this type of an Axel Springer <laughs> deal. I think this is the first Axel Springer, one of the most influential publishers on the planet uh, with the brands you mentioned and more really? than that. Really? So I, really? All right. Really? What do you think? You don't agree with this? You, you think I don't know that they're the most influential, nothing? one of the most influential publishers on the planet. I mean, I you know. I believe they are. I believe. Should we look up all the amazing brands that Axel Springer has? Do you have a problem with Axel Springer? <laughs> I don't you have a beef. A <laughs> you have a beef with the spring? Is that like what the what? Kid, that's what the kids call it these days? Like the beef. <laughs> Is I'm Axel beefing. Springer sus? <laughs> beefing with Axel Springer. <laughs> yeah. No, here's what I so here's I mean, notwithstanding the sort of 
meta stature of of Axel Springer. Um, I think this is a this is a very forward leaning uh, idea here. And you know, we talked on the show I don't know maybe a month and a half ago or two months ago about how companies like Disney and CNN and and others were actually blocking uh, the uh, OpenAI's bot to actually yes. pull in and use for training data, their news data. And the attitude of those news organizations at the time, still probably today, was we don't want them, you know, we want to get paid. And this article, by the way, mentions this, right? That other publishers have said, hey, we want to get paid for this, you know, because they're still <laughs> they're still beefing, as it were, with Google yeah. uh, and Facebook uh, about the use of their news and information and data without any remuneration. So to me, though, we and we talked about this on the show, that was short sighted in the sense that, yeah, I mean, it's kind of a, you know, it's kind of a you know, you're, you're caught in a, you know, you're caught in a bit of a sticky wicket as it were between, you know, the, the, the idea of getting paid for it versus actually having your information be part of the solution. And I think this is a deal that basically gets what, you know, gets to what the, on the news outlets want, which is attribution and credit for what they're creating but also provides it in a way that makes it really easy for chat gpt in this particular case to use that information to bolster its accuracy so yeah. it's a win-win i think for for both organizations we'll see how it actually plays out in terms of the way things are you know attributed and, and if they, and all if those they things, attribute but, it it's a win it's a temporary win for the Axel Springers of the world, but the way that it seems to be moving or the way that I think it will go uh, is that there'll be no attribution. There'll just be whatever content is spewed out of chat GPT or whatever so. it's I, called in the future. I think I, they'll, I think I, they'll I, but keep it's different. It. It's, it's different for news versus, versus a, a company. Like, I mean, if you listen to our good friend, Marcus Sh uh, Sheridan talk about this type of thing, he's like, Hey, if, if you want, uh, to be found on ChatGPT, you have to put out amazing content in the world that that is in these large language models, so that if somebody asks ChatGPT about you, you're there, or, or asks about the top solutions or uh, top products, you better be there, but because you, you have to create great content to make sure you're there. If you want to get paid on your content, this is not directly. This is not. I don't. I don't see a way to do that unless you're getting this direct kind of payment, which I'm under the assumption that that's what this is, right? Are they getting paid? They are. It does not say that. I don't money. think they are. I don't think they're getting paid for this. I mean, there may be some money going back and forth on this, but but just for the work that needs to get done to to pull this in and you know all of those kinds of things. But I, there's not. There's certainly at least the news reporting isn't isn't saying such that there's any sort of royalty and yeah. or licensing of the content that's going on here. So yeah. the deal very much looks like, Hey, you, you, you get access to our fantastic, <laughs> apparently, according to you, world-class cutting journalism. Um, and in exchange, we get attribution when, when you use this reference material for, you know, answering questions. And so I, I, I still thinks uh, it was a good deal if even if there's no money involved here, I mean, the news does say that there, you know, financial deals were not disclosed, and there may be some money that changes hands again for the, you know, but that doesn't seem like it's going to be any sort of long-term payment options. Um, but I still think it's a win-win because I think they'll keep, you know, so 
one of my predictions for next year was sourcing is going to become the thing, right? Sourcing the the source of information will become a true differentiator, which is why brands need to lean into subject matter expertise and thought leadership and all the things you just talked about um, and become the source of those interesting things. And I I'll totally hear you on the free versus, you know, things like news, right? Where news is already commoditized, right? News is basically out there, right? It happens. And yep. so the question isn't with news, what is it that you're providing that you're, you know, it's really just about accuracy and timeliness. And then insight into the news is something that you could see them protecting, right? In other words, opinions, editorials, uh, points of view, uh, feature articles, I could totally see that being protected from a chat GPT so that you do need to go to that source. And so one feeds the other, right? In other yes. words, if I'm the New York Times, let's say, or any of these news outlets, it's like, I give you the news so that you trust me in a free way. You trust me so that you come to me when I say, hey, I've got something really insightful for you that you can't get anywhere else. Well, now I'm, I've already built that trust with that audience and I'm going to be much more, you know, I mean, this is content marketing. I mean, it's well, not, yeah, it's, you know, the, it's, not, it's like the purpose of New York Times free newsletter. That's like right. The purpose exactly. of that newsletter is for you to sign up and that's become right. a paid subscriber because you get so frustrated when you click on these things. And then finally, you like you do you acquiesce and say, OK, I'll pay you so I can see my three articles a month or whatever the case is. That's exactly right. Or I can just say, oh, I'll just headline read. Yeah, like I normally do. Yeah. And. And we'll see. But I don't know. I uh, I agree with what you're saying, but I look at it and I'm nervous because I saw what happened to a lot of publishers oh, as, Google, yeah. as Google became Google. I don't disagree with that at all. I mean, it I could think, go. Yeah. It could go horribly wrong. This is this is <laughs> this is definitely, you know, choosing. This is going to be a weird metaphor, but it's the one that's coming to mind. But it's like choosing to feed the bull that's walking through your China shop, right? It's like they, they, whether or not you feed them, they could still go rogue and break everything. But it, you kind of want to make sure that you keep them calm and keep them, you know, it's like, eh. there. I understand that this isn't a deal necessarily that everybody's eager about, but yep. it's the reality of where things are right now. So well, no, I think it's, isn't it more like if the empire comes to your planet, <laughs> do you fight like it? This. Or yes. do you just say, hey, That's we're right. going to get along and this is the this is the new reality that we have to live with. That's huh? the, yeah. Uh, that's that's right. That's yeah. right. We're we're living under Palpatine rule. There yeah. it is. I think yes. that's I open think, AI is yeah. Palpatine Sam, in this in that scenario, Sam Palpatine. Correct? Yeah. Is that what yeah. is that what it yeah. is? That, that, that's okay. a yeah. Altman Altman <laughs> Palpatine. Yeah. Sam Sam Palpatine. There we go. So, yeah, I think it's uh, Sam Palpatine. All right. Well, speaking of Sam Palpatine, uh, we should, I don't know how that works. How, but we should, that doesn't make any sense at all. It doesn't make I, any I, sense. I, it makes me chuckle. <laughs> I don't know why. Sam Palpatine. Yeah. Let's go. This, is my brother, this is my brother, Sam. Sam Palpatine. He's yeah, like it. runs some empire thing. All right. <laughs> let's, let's let's open up. Hey, let's open up others' wallets and do the thing that Elon hates to do, which is actually give our sponsors a big bucket of love. <laughs> shall we? <laughs> Hey, did you know that HubSpot just launched an AI chatbot that helps you build awesome campaigns at scale with just a few prompts? Yeah. 
It's called Campaign Assistant, and it's a totally free-to-use AI tool that will transform the way you build marketing campaigns at scale. And the best part? Well, the best part is it works seamlessly with all of HubSpot's marketing and sales tools to scale your output across email, social, and more. So AI your way to the most effective campaigns yet at HubSpot.com slash campaign assistant. Can I tell you about a great podcast? It's called Inclusion and Marketing, and it's hosted by Sonia Thompson and brought to you by the HubSpot Podcast Network, the audio destination for business professionals. Inclusion and Marketing digs into important topics like belonging, customer experience, diversity, and how you can practice inclusive marketing authentically. One of the more awesome recent episodes featured a cool exploration into the meaning of belonging, all related to Beyonce's Renaissance World Tour. Yeah, it was really interesting. So go find it and follow it. You'll find the Inclusion and Marketing Podcast wherever you follow your favorite pods. Let me tell you about StreamYard. Yeah, StreamYard. It's the easiest way to create content, and it's right in your browser. You can multi-stream to your social media platforms, host a weekly show with special guests, create webinars, record podcasts with local recordings, create videos, and so much more. I mean, you might even start a show with your friend, and 10 years later, here you are still doing the same darn thing. That's right, StreamYard makes it simple to get professional and polished content every single time. Joe and I have been using StreamYard for this old marketing and the YouTube channel, as well as live streaming to LinkedIn. We never knew how easy it could actually be. Just go to StreamYard.com slash The Tilt and receive a lifetime, that's right, a lifetime discount. I always want to wait. I have to, like, I could cut that off early, yeah. but I have to wait for the, ba, the ba, da, ba. It's, it's, by the yeah. way, I think a couple things, shout out to StreamYard. They signed on for a whole nother year of this old marketing. There's so a best. You're, you're going to, well, and we'll do another, I know Robert will do another amazing ad. You will. It's uh, yeah. but I, I'm so thankful to them. And the other thing is they had such a good year. In 23, I think it was because of us. Totally. I think 100%. Yeah, I, absolutely. I heard from two people just this week that signed on to StreamYard because of how we use it and how that we is exactly it. right. That's what you get. That's, That's what you get for uh, for aligning with, uh, with, with this us old market and, yeah. and the 11 loyal listeners yeah. <laughs> that we have. That's right. No, we love it. We absolutely and, love it. And if you align with this old marketing, you too can have a dead anteater jacket set to your home. <laughs> anteater? Where'd you come yeah. up with that one? I thought it was alpaca. Yeah. Uh, you know. I, I got it. I, and I'm not, I'm going to keep this on for the rest of the show, my my uh, my alpaca. But it's getting warm. <laughs> I'm getting, I'm starting to get a little bit uh, heated. Sometimes the I jokes just write themselves, folks. I, just, yeah. I'm, I don't really know what to do. But I'm, I'm going to. The show must go on. This the is show the thing. These on. are the things we do to sacrifice ourselves. <clears throat> that is true. For this show. That right. is true. All right. Let's what get to our got? next news story here, which is from the Pew Research Center. 
And basically the headline is the name of their new report, which is Teens, Social Media, and Technology 2023. Uh, that article opens up by saying, despite negative headlines and growing concerns about social media's impact on youth, teens continue to use these platforms at high rates with some describing their social media use as almost constant. That's according to this new Pew Research Center survey of U.S. teens. 1,453 uh, 13 to 17-year-olds were covered uh, in this research across social media, internet use, and device ownership. Uh, a couple of the key findings here, YouTube continues to dominate. Roughly 9 in 10 say they use YouTube, making it the most widely used platform. That's going to come back when we talk about podcasting here in just a moment. Uh, then TikTok, Snapchat, and Instagram remain also popular among teens. The majorities of teens aged age 13 to 17 say they use TikTok, Snapchat, and Instagram primarily. For older teens ages 15 to 17, these shares are about 7 in 10. Uh, they're less likely to use Facebook. Duh, we got that. Twitter, well, no one's using Twitter. Um, <laughs> I love the fact that it's, again, Twitter recently renamed X. Um, they they were a decade to, yeah. ago. Stop. Just stop uh, it with that. It's just X. It's just X, right? We got it. We we yeah. it's it, we get it. We right? got it that you're upset about it. You're personally <laughs> offended exactly. because Elon changed the name. We get it. Yeah. Yeah. As well as <laughs> it's soon to be meaningless anyway. Anyway, teen site and app usage has changed little in the past year. The share of teens using these platforms has remained relatively stable since spring of 2022 when the last survey was done. Uh, the article goes on to in great detail about a number of the results here. Anything here stand out to you or, you know, sort of uh, you want to have a have a take on here? The 25 percent who use social media all the time like they're always on is, is a tad bit disturbing. So that has doubled since 2014 and 15 when they, they did this survey. And I'm assuming Moore's law, it'll speed up mm. as that's going. So we could see half of that age bracket be constantly online. Yeah. And of course I don't, you don't need Pew to tell us that we can see it as we go out. I mean, you can, not that I want to be an old curmudgeon or anything, but you can absolutely well, no, see just, it. Yeah happening um, yeah just to clarify your your this was the how much time are spent teens spending online this yeah. chart which is quite interesting disturbing maybe um where the almost constantly uh number in 2014 and 2015 was 24 percent several times a day was 56 percent and about once a day was 12 percent and then if you cut to now 2023 the almost constantly has jumped from 24% to 46%. Oh, okay. Then um, I had it wrong. I underestimated that. So that that's you, you, you're correct. So it's almost half. Yeah. It's this, almost is, half. I mean, basically, the about once a day or the several times a week have disappeared. Basically, that's where the, always, the growth has come. You're just yeah. always connected. You're uh, just always on it. It's, and, we, and, you know, this is, uh, we see this a lot with younger people, um, which is a little crazy. I mean, it gets to my, you know, wh what's interesting, and I would love your take on this because of the content creator thing, which is all the data I'm seeing, this became my prediction for CMI, you know, in terms of the evolution or de-evolution of what we, what we would largely call social media is kind of dying, right? In other words, they're on it constantly, but the number of people, the gap between content consumers and content creators is 
continues to widen. So I've not seen data on this recently, but let's say it was, you know, it used to be 80% consumption, 20% creators um, creating. I think that's number is, you know, probably. Oh, all, yeah, that's to- 90, totally different. 95.5, right? Just we're consuming. We've all been TikTok, right? Basically, we're all consuming much more content on social media. It's, the number of creators has really dropped off the cliff. I would agree with that. And I would say that if you're just looking at content creation in general, content marketing uh, approaches, uh, that short form video is the gateway drug now. Yeah, I think that, I mean, whether you look at, you're on Facebook and you're looking at the reels there, you're on Instagram looking at reels, you're using TikTok, you've got YouTube shorts. If you are trying to break in and build an audience of any kind, it's through short form video. And you're right. It's, I don't even know what to do with this, Robert, to be honest. I, we, we've been, I've had the opportunity to be around family this time of the year. So it's wonderful. And there, I've, I've been around some teenagers and I've asked, I'm very curious, right? I want to know sure. how they're, which apps they're using to your point about social interaction. It seems like Snapchat is like a messaging service. That's, that's right. very, very social. That's that's like how we use a text message. They don't call it text messaging, but they, that's how they message each other. That's where they do, do or WhatsApp, if you want to as well. Yep. But every everything else, for, in terms of time spent, you know, just doing a straw poll, it's six to ten hours a day. Right. And that's I, right. I don't know what to do with that number. And I know how, I mean, yeah. I can see how it's being used. I mean, we're, it's like you're binging on Netflix. You're just, you're going reel after reel after reel. Every, I see my, my kids doing it as well. And I'm, and it's, you know, it's, it's a, a bit disturbing. Uh, and so there's that there's just from a usage standpoint, it's, it's disturbing even more, you know, you've got that. And you and I talked about before the show, you've got this, this push into online gambling that everybody's because you've, you've got I mean, the ESPN bet thing and everything. So you've got mm-hmm. these two things that are really concerning that's going on right now, but from a business standpoint, I, you cannot deny that if you want to gain attention, you need to be looking at short form video. Right. And that's the thing. It's like you, you look at this because the misinterpretation of, of, like what I just said, right, which is that social media is just becoming media and it's becoming less social yeah. and the creation versus consumption gap is widening is, well, that means less creators are creating content. No, what it means is, is that the creators that are there creating content, it used to be, and it, maybe people have forgotten, but it used to be 2013, 2014, 2015, the goal of social media was to build your community, right? To have conversation, to have, you know, to bring up topics and have people react and engage and share your stuff. And that's the stuff that's going away. In other words, as a business opportunity, either for a content creator or for a marketing team or whatever, those, the, the, the channels are just as viable because you're creating stuff meant for consumed consumption, it's the use case, the value that that changes, right? So in other words, if your goal with Facebook or your goal with threads or your goal with Instagram is to build conversation, build a community, have conversation, engagement, and create that sort of following that it, you know communicates with one another, 
you're probably not going to do very well. But if your goal is as a media distribution network, very much like how we've been using YouTube for the last yeah. 10 years, not as a social network, but rather as a media distribution platform, you'll do a lot better, right? So TikTok, YouTube, threads, Instagram, reels, all of those things become ways for us to get out. You know, they're just media, organic, free in some cases, paid and promoted in others, but they're media distribution networks now. They're not, they're not social networks. And I was talking with my son about this, and I, I can't remember, I think it was the movie Rounders, maybe Rounders, and then a Major League, uh, you know, Cleveland yeah. Indians at the time movie. And they were they were wanting to watch them. And I said, well, what, how did, how'd that come about? Like, where'd you get it? It's like, they were watching TikTok. Yeah. And there were the little clips. Yeah. And movie clips are uh, huge. On movie TikTok. clips are huge, right? If you go yeah. to reels right now, I mean, it's almost every other one, depending on your algorithm, right? And I sure. do like movie clips. And it seems like, uh, what for whatever reason, uh, Instagram, Facebook thinks that I love Leonardo DiCaprio. So if half of these clips are, are Wolf of Wall Street, whatever else is going on with now, that. Now, wait a minute. Did you, did, are you, are you, are you consuming content? Did we talked about this? I, that I, on, I've been, uh, on Facebook. It went oh, you've been on reels. You're not, you're not doing the TikTok. You're still I'm not you're on doing TikTok. Reels. I'm okay. not on TikTok. This is only face. This is only, this is the older person version of the gateway drug. It's, it's, it's it, it. having consumed both. I would say it's equal. Um, what you don't get on reels, I find are the, uh, the very TikTok specific types of personalities, right? You definitely get the movie clips. You definitely get a lot of the sort of more popular meme sort of, um, you know, um, viral stuff. It's almost like reels is sort of a best of TikTok kind of thing. What I is what I find. And, and so uh, the, the more TikTok stuff is where I find you get sort of the very specific content creators who are doing, in some cases, very interesting things. In some cases, not so much. But yeah, it's I I prefer. I'll put it this way: I prefer TikTok over to to Reels. By the way, did you see TikTok is doing the national advertisements? They've been I've yeah. been seeing them during the pro games. I mean, yep. about about bringing people together and the yep. whole thing. I, yep. I can't. And it's the biggest it. commerce platform this year, the fastest growing commerce platform this yeah, year. Of the course, they shopping, are. which That's, we talked about last year. If you, yeah, I mean, if you're if you're looking at, let's put it this way, people, maybe we've talked about this a little bit about the 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 biggest competition in Netflix right now. It's TikTok. It's the biggest competition to media. Full stop. To media, yeah, yeah. absolutely. It's it's the it's it's got to be. I mean, I don't even think we can call it competition. It's it's the leader. I think this is, if you look at tip, the, the number of hours that people are spending on TikTok, it's got to be dwarfing what people spend on Netflix. That's got 100%. To. Yep. And getting their news from it, by the way. So speaking of news and the way that people get their news, it's becoming a search engine, right? So there's there is a there are new trends now where young people are searching and getting their news from TikTok and or Reels. Um, then and then are getting it from their you know their local news or their national news or any news outlet right so it's it's becoming sort of a source of everything for young people and the short sort of video clips which is you know I mean it brings up a whole other thing right which is well how do we start looking at the way that these platforms are covering 
the news because what you're starting to see now, and you know, we don't need to dive into this too deeply in this episode, but it would be worth talking about at some point, which is the misinformation and the uh, and the unfortunate fake news that's getting created over things like you know the the, the well, what's going on right now in Gaza and what's going on in you know in, in cultural issues and social and political issues especially you know there's so much that are going on that where those platforms are really you know it, it, behind the eight ball when it comes to how do they ex, you know execute any kind of editorial control over what's getting done there and it, it it you know this get, and not to put too fine a point on it but this gets to your concern about tiktok that goes back you know two years now when we were talking about the per you know that perhaps it would get banned and it, that seems like that conversation is like out the door now i i first of all uh hats off to to tiktok they have been doing such a They've been doing the best job from what I'm reading because I'm not on the platform, but but with detecting fake content and yes, moderating they're doing a great job, yeah. much better than obviously X, uh, even Meta. So they they are creating this really trusted platform for news and information and whatnot. And right, my uh, again, I'm bringing bringing my son. I'm not going to name name him because he doesn't want me to talk about him, but uh, <laughs> he. He said that that TikTok take and and being a Chinese owned company and having massive influence in the United States, he said that's my worst take. That's my worst take on everything. He says he says it's only great information. I I said I said that's fine. You can believe that. That's what, exactly what they want <laughs> you to believe. I was just going to say said, that's exactly said, where we, they want you. To I, I said if it was <laughs> now we are getting our news and our information number one. Yeah, from a Chinese owned company i like i'm not a conspiracy theorist i'm just putting it out there i'm not saying anything right. i'm just saying we need to acknowledge that this is happening that's right and people don't seem to care they don't they really don't and so. and, and it seems to have just i mean it, it, we'll see if it comes back during the next year in the election cycle but it the people really just don't seem to care at all and yeah. they've done a they've done an impeccable job just they they pulled back and kept real quiet now they've got this pro tiktok advertising program that seems to be working really really well and yeah it's just growing like weeds yeah good good for them i'm not i'm not on it i'm not well, joining it you're not gonna pull me in robert the, i know I'm, you want I'm, me to i, I know, know you I, want me to be part i'm not drinking the grape juice i you know it, the the, the <laughs> reels is a gateway drug my friend it, it is i'm it, not it, doing it, reels. it. <laughs> i would rather get my misinformation from mark zuckerberg there you go all right. Fantastic. Bite, that's that's it's not happening. Ridiculously illogical, but let's move on. <laughs> let's move on. Let's, um, let's move to our next story here, which is, uh, you know, speaking of lies, uh, the headline from our friends at TechCrunch is everything you know about the podcast industry is a lie. We're going to pair this with a research study that has just come out from uh, our friend and family, Tom Webster, and his wonderful company sounds profitable. But first of all, this story opens up by saying, it seems like the writing is on the soundproofed wall. Very proud of that. I'm sure this author is. That's, um, they, yeah, they, the podcast boom. It's a t-shirt, right? The podcast boom is over. And this week's news is evidenced by Spotify laying off 17% of the company. It's third round of layoffs this year and canceled two highly acclaimed shows, including the winner of the Pulitzer Prize for audio reporting. But as a whole, the podcast industry didn't fail. 
It's just that Spotify took a billion dollar swing and whiffed, and now podcasters have to navigate the fallout. The article goes on at some length, basically saying that really this sort of the rumors of podcast demise are uh, basically overblown, that podcast companies are now much more focused on efficiency rather than uh, growth. And so we're starting to see it become a mature business. And, uh, and it basically ends up by saying, you know, don't look at the podcasting industry as just Spotify. It's a whole lot of other things. And that gets us to the other article that we can cover uh, here, which is this new research coming out of Sounds Profitable, uh, our friend Tom Webster's company, and this is his research, it looks like, in, in particular, which basically covers off, it's called Sounds You Can See, uh, and the way that the summary of the research, fantastic research, by the way, highly recommend uh, to go get it and look at it, especially if you're in podcasting, is the power of video, uh, the power that video has now, and specifically YouTube uh, has, uh, and we've just talked about YouTube, of course, and how it has really changed the manner in which consumers and especially younger consumers are consuming podcasts. Um, we have specifically witnessed this because as we've moved to YouTube and video and the shorts, um, that now appear in reels and, 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 or the YouTube shorts rather, um, then that we've seen really an increase in engagement, an increase in engagement of, of listeners and an increase in engagement of viewers specifically, um, and how they're consuming podcasts. So it's, I mean, there's, there's definitely a discussion to have here about rented land. Um, but it's, it's a fascinating trend in terms of where podcasting is going and how it's being consumed, especially by those that are younger, because, as this one says, this you know, this article from Sounds Profitable says it is more than just Spotify, though Spotify and YouTube seem to be sort of the primary drivers of the growth of podcasting in general. What did you have a specific take on this? I I don't believe that Spotify, I think that Spotify, uh, we talk about right sizing the business. They're they're taking that business model and they're saying, How can we make it TikTok for audio? Yeah. That's right. That's so let's just simplify it. That's exactly what they're doing. They spent billions of dollars on content that now they look at it in hindsight and said, we didn't need to do that. We didn't need to do. Okay. Joe Rogan's on the book. Great. Joe, Joe Rogan. You get a couple other ones. Joe Rogan's really the only one they've kept. They're getting rid of everybody else. And so if you believe that that's true, that Spotify is moving to that model because that's you, you've got the consumer habits and they just want to get these clips and different people. Want, and they're doing the same with audiobooks too. Actually, the New York Times, we can put that in the show notes, came out with an article on this as well about uh, Spotify getting into the audiobook game and doing it on um, their, their subscription on an hour basis. So it's kind of like uh, they're not going to necessarily download Robert Rose and Joe Polizzi's audiobook. They might get a clip of a certain section of our book that we that is in line with the algorithm that Spotify figures out, and I think the same thing it's happening for podcasts and audiobooks and this type of content. Mm. Where again, what's your goal? You mentioned this. Like, 
it rented land. What is your goal here? Your goal, if you're going to make this move and you want to be part of this content mix, whether it's on your podcast or audiobook, is findability with a new audience. Right. That's right. So if you have that information going out to this new audience in a different format, and I believe it should be a different format than you would have for your main audience that gets the full thing or gets something different. I can see this with an audiobook. Maybe you'd put an audiobook on Spotify that's an abridged version or a different version than you would if somebody buys the whole thing from you directly from your site. You give them the whole thing or a different version. They get the VIP version. Yep. So that t- those types of moves, um, just a little side note, I, I had a really good chat with a, a group of entrepreneurs about making different decisions for but they want to go into podcasting, they want to invest in search engine optimization, whatever. I said, before you do any of those things, you have to really figure out what your business goal is. And I think oftentimes what we do as content creators, we're like, oh, we're going to do a book. Oh, we're going to do a podcast. This is how you do it. No, that's not how you do it. You have to figure out what what are we trying to do? What's our business goal? What do we want to see to have, have happen? What's the behavior change we want to see? changed or maintained. And then you make the decision about here's what should go on Spotify. If we decide to be there, here's what should go on YouTube. If we decide to be here and this is what goes on our website to our fans that we're building up and we want to be loyal to us. Here's that experience as well. And I think somewhere in this, we we've forgot that we don't just have to throw up all of our content on all these sites. Yeah. Well, that's, that's exactly right. I mean, it's, it, it is, how do we piece this together? I, I, I would argue that, for Spotify, this was a decision that they couldn't have known a priori, right? Yes. I mean, they, they, you know, this was at the time that they made those acquisitions, it was a smart business move. I agree. It turns out that it's not, basically. It turns out that consumer behavior changed in a faster way than they anticipated. And ultimately, those shows and things that they acquired became more costly than they were profitable. So, but in the, I, I can't blame them for the acquisition. Like I can't, I can't look at it and go, that was a dumb move because at the time everybody thought it was a very smart move. Right. And, and I think it's just, it's, it's the nature and, you know, this gets to our conversation on YouTube shorts and in reels and TikTok and all of that. The nature of content consumption is changing as the nature of content supply is changing. And so they're, reacting to that in real time and and also by the way trying to balance becoming a mature efficient profitable business because they they kind of need to um and figuring out where they can strip away all the sort of peripheral stuff that's not really serving their needs and so that's the lesson here is that to you to your excellent point when we're thinking about where are we going to put our content it is having a purpose for all of the different pieces that we're that we're you know that that we that we have right. Whether it's putting a small amount through you know a, a, an ebook that we offer up on Amazon, which is we're giving away or charging a very small amount of money for, but its whole purpose is to draw people in in terms of getting them to sign up for our thing or our service or our platform or our business or whatever it is it becomes a piece of marketing. So is it the product or is it marketing or is it somewhere in between? And we just have that mm-hmm. conscious decisions about what, what it is we're producing. And what's amazing to me is you and I are still having the same meetings, whether it's with a large brand or an individual where you say, why, what's the purpose of that podcast? Yeah. And they don't have an answer. You would be, I mean, th- this is billion dollar companies. No, just I, creating stuff. 
and saying, yeah, what is should, here's, everybody's here's, doing podcasting now. We need to do it. I'm like, here's no, the conversation. Don't. Here's the conversation we're having in 2023 still. When I say, what's the purpose of your website? Yeah. And they can't answer that question. Or they answer it this way. They say, ah, the purpose of the website. Well, it's supposed to really showcase our products for leads, close business, provide loyalty, provide, you know, provide for extensions, have people evangelize, be our thought leadership platform. I mean, it's supposed to be everything, you know, a floor wax and a dessert topping, right? That's an old mm-hmm. reference. That's a really old reference. That's, it's, um, it's okay. But, you know. I mean, it's, it is. It should be. You should have yeah. old references as an older person. <laughs> I should. I should. Yeah. I, sh- I, sh- I should actually have those things. Um, but anyway, it's 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 one of those. It, it it gets to trying to figure out what it is we are trying to do from a strategic channel perspective and having a purpose for every channel. That, uh, by the by the way, a purpose other than well, our competitors are on it, or our you know we feel like we need to be on it, right? That's the yeah. that's the real key there. I'm speaking thinking, of old, but speaking of old, by the way, did you see Olivia Rodrigo on Saturday Night Live? No, I saw uh, Adam Driver. Um, yeah, well, he was Adam Driver was the he, she, Olivia. I Rodrigo only saw. The, the I only looked best. at a few of the skits because I'm ah, an Adam Driver yeah. fan. She uh, was what? amazing. She was really. She was, uh, it, I mean, there's new music out there, and I'm. I will. I mean, I mean, I love music, and I've been a obviously. A, I'm a musician, and I've been a music fan for my entire life, and um, I kind of pride myself on trying to keep up with new music and finding it very hard to do so these days. By the way, there's so just so much great new music out there, but she, this was. I mean. I mean, I knew her stuff, but I didn't know her new stuff, and it was, that it was good, really huh? good. All yeah, right. it's a I'll it's a quick to, rave. Yeah, I, quick I, rave. I enjoy new music as well. I will. Yeah, on your Olivia recommendation. Yeah. I will take a listen. Yeah, to and she was Rob funny. She was in one of the skits. She was also very funny. So good. Yeah, I will. I'll tell you what. Adam Driver is so good. Adam Driver is the. There's best. nobody that commits themselves oh. more to a role or a spot than Adam Driver. And it's, 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 it's absolutely the truth. I mean, amazing. that baby skit was, I mean, <laughs> come on. That was the funniest thing I've you seen. Gotta watch, yeah, that's time. probably the one. If I was going to recommend watching the baby skit, it's <laughs> when four he's reacting long, to the, you the can, little bear being gone. It's like, oh my God, that is, yeah. <laughs> that is so good. Um, I, I believe, and I know, and, and apologies to Blair. Blair uh, Smith has a wonderful question for us. I think we should probably hold that for next week. Oh, it'll be perfect think? to hold for next week. Actually, I it would be so, perfect. It would be a perfect question to hold up. for next week and, yeah, and, I think we and tease everybody with it. So, Blair, you keep keep listening. We're going to have your question on in the next two episodes. Hopefully, we. So here's here's the spoiler kind of tease about that. Hopefully, this show we have addressed your question. Just I want. I wonder. Actually, we. I without anybody knowing this, what the question is. I would like to hear from Blair to see if we have. That's right. I think we have. I except I, for the first 10 minutes. Yeah, we well, that was football. that was kind of done purposely. That was yeah. that was no. that was done purposely. No, it's all right. Not. We don't we're not like that. Uh, we Maybe. no, no, no. Petty and passive aggressive? Of course not. We're, well, I'm we're, pe- we yeah, would never I'm be petty or passive aggressive about anything. I, those <laughs> are my two of my better qualities, to be honest. <laughs> oh my god. All right. Petty and passive aggressive. That's the name of my new book. Um Oh, uh, let's get to our rants seller. and rants. That would be. It would be. It would be. My a, old, old man, Robert. That, 
It would be it would be Doing a long petty book. book. Yeah. All right, let's get to our rants and rave, shall we? Where Joe and I go off on a little bit of a rant or a little bit of a rave over something that makes us feel like Patrick Mahomes did after the Bills game, or basically <laughs> uh, after after. Did you see him? Did you see it midfield when he when he uh, when when he went up to uh, Josh Allen? He was like, I'm sorry, but that. I lost. I don't want to say I'd lost a lot of respect for Patrick Mahomes, but it was a legit foul. It was a totally legit foul. Like, why? How can you come on? How can you come on? He let his emotion in the press conference and say, This is unfair. It's not how a game should end. It's your own player's fault. That's right. That, well, that's the end of it, right? And by the way, the receivers for the, I mean, for those who follow football will also note that the, the Kansas City Chiefs' receivers all year have been just ass i mean they've just not been well, good the 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 reason why um they're not the kansas city chiefs that they used to be is because they don't have tyreek hill that's right if they had tyreek hill <clears throat> the kansas city chiefs would be like 12 and 3 or something like that that's whatever right. the 12 yep. and 2 so, all right yeah. let's get um so let's get to our rants and raise you want to go first or shall yes, i yes I, i'll or? go right. first and i'll just i'll put this up on the board so people can see it uh and again if you're listening to this you can find us at the this old marketing a YouTube channel, which is fantastically new with content you haven't seen Boy, before. No kidding. In the at least in the format, yeah. Uh, that that you know and love. I am boiling over this. Okay, this is a rant. I saw this on CNBC the other day. Uh, it's the title is "How to Stop Dropbox from Sharing Your Personal Files with OpenAI," and it goes through basically saying that Dropbox is sharing your personal files that you have uploaded to Dropbox with OpenAI. And I said, there's no way, there's no way that Dropbox would do that. That that cannot be a thing. And I read the article and I go through it and I'm like, maybe it is a thing. So I go to my Dropbox file and I go and I go into settings and it has a third-party AI tab that I'd never seen before. Not that I'm spending all the time in my account settings for Dropbox, but I had not seen it before. Mm. And I go in there and it's turned on to share all my stuff with third-party AI providers. I'm like, you got to be kidding. So I turned it off, but it's probably too late. So that that's not even... That's not even corporate. Like we have a lot of corporate content out there. I have a lot of presentations on there. I have a lot of videos on there that Mm -hmm. I share with people that I share with my fans. I also have a lot of very personal information that just I share. I have, I have my hard drive. Sure. Of course you have your whole computer on there. And theoretically, I don't know if it has or not. Nobody knows because you've given permission without giving permission for other people to scan that and become a part of this large language model. I'm just, I don't even know where to go. I'm real. I'm, I'm overheated in this alpaca uniform that I'm wearing upset in my visit. Am I showing you how visibly upset I am? I hope, <laughs> I hope you can see it that I'm upset about this. So anyway, well, I would say so check your settings here, if you're on Dropbox. Well, any, here's any something. Of these things. Um, so I'm reading this literally live as yes. we record this. Um, I just, while you were talking, I went to my Dropbox. Now I have an enterprise. I Do you pay uh, the enterprise pay, for Dropbox? Yeah, I pay okay. 10 bucks a month or something like that for my. Oh, I'm paying more than that because I have a okay. whole team. Because that, you're that more, uses well, you're it. more important. 
Well, uh, true. There's, there's, there's that as well. Here's what it says on mine. Third-party AI. Let team members use artificial intelligence so they can work faster in Dropbox. We only use technology partners we have vetted. Your organization's data is never used to train their internal models and is deleted from third-party servers within 30 days. So I, I don't know if that helps or not, but I don't know. This is what the article said. This is from CNBC. It says, yeah. it says, but, and then because even if you've opted out, any file shared with another person who is using Dropbox AI could be sent to open AI servers, theoretically getting around the, oh, it says, according to Dropbox, only the content relevant to an explicit request or command is sent out to our third-party AI partners. It's already being sent. It's in their FAQ stuff. I'm just saying we got to question it. Yeah, I mean it's a de- it's definitely a question. I mean, I'm reading their t- terms and you know terms and conditions of this thing, right? Which says we only use third party technology partners we have vetted. Their software will perform, which is going to be OpenAI, by the way. Their software will perform tasks with your information on our behalf, but we remain responsible for the handling of that information. Additionally, we won't let our third party partners train their models on our user data without consent. Um, and then, yeah, I don't, so, so anyway, fair enough, it's worth fair, it, it's, fair enough. Go, I will, yeah. I will, I will pause, but the art, the journalists that have reached out to Dropbox right now, this is the last couple of days and, yeah. have, and have not received commentary back from Dropbox. Yeah. I sus- question yeah. On clarifying whether customer data is never used to train models or if it is solely not used without consent. Yeah. So, I mean, it's worth investigating for sure. hundred percent. It's worth investigating and figuring out what's really going on here. Yeah. I, I, yeah. So maybe, maybe I'm overreacting, which I tend to do. Well, I don't know that you're overreacting, but, but it's, but it's, it's, it's certainly, well, let's, let's put it this way. It hasn't been messaged. Well, if, if, if this is the case, right. I mean, it's, it's, it's another case of this, you know, very much like what zoom went through, et cetera, where the, the legality versus the uh, messaging of the you know what's actually happening mm-hmm. has been very poor. So the at at the at the at its very best, the communication sucks. Uh, at its very worst, they're doing something very untoward. So okay, we'll, but anyway, we'll so out. what I promise to do is for the next episode, I will stay on this because if yeah. I'm wrong, I will apologize. But I well, you don't have to apologize. It's just if we're if if you're mistaken and you've misinterpreted their very bad communication, it's okay. that's it's, that's not it's, worth it's, an apology. That's, that's, that's just like, hey, be. let's just we looked into it a little further and actually they just, you know, we, we misinterpreted what they said very poorly. You know what so I what mean? I've so done, it's like, what I've done in the meantime is I turned that function off that you just talked about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So but I yeah. don't have the special super duty enterprise version like you do i'm i think you're getting preferential treatment probably well that's that's I'm that's not. most often the cases that i uh, I did want to mention by the way since we're running over and you know yeah. we don't care anymore like we yeah. don't care how far how long we go i did officially um stop paying twitter uh because you know i was i was doing the premium oh yeah well I, you, have you deleted your account yet i have not deleted the account i put up the post that i'm not no longer on ah and um I deleted my account. You, but you kept you kept it going for a couple months and then deleted it. I correct? did only just because I wanted to see, like, I wanted to make sure that I didn't have any 
you know, sort of dangling participles, as it were. So um, I do also have a, uh, uh, what I would call a sniper account. Like I have a, basically, an, so that I can actually see tweets. Um, I can actually I don't go think I would delete the account, though. I think I would delete the tweets. So, I, I mean, we don't want to give any more air. If I don't want to give any more air to that, I just want to delete the tweets. And I want to, I want to make sure that nobody takes the name. I want to squat on that name. Yeah. Well, my my name was, you know, mine had the end. Well, you didn't. Ha- you had Robert underscore Rose. Yeah. You which who get... cares? I don't care. You. Cared. I don't care. You I don't... did care. You did. Care. I did. Oh, I did care. There's no. There's no doubt about it. Because at yeah. Robert Rose, I mean, you. There were there were threats. Yeah. I want to put it. Uh, there were there were there issues. Were... There was pettiness. There was. was pettiness and passive aggressiveness for sure. And you went and you got it on Instagram, though. You're like, hundred percent. Yeah, Rose I got it. There was no doubt it. about it. When and Instagram came out, I was right on it. And then you said to Robert Rose at Robert Rose on X or Twitter at the time, and you said, "Hey, see, shoes on the other foot now. I got to <laughs> see how you feel. You were Robert. Yeah. Well, no. The Rose sad thing now. about it is, is that the at Robert Rose on Twitter is <laughs> tweeted like one time or two times or something. It's like, ugh. <laughs> annoying all right the very imposter. quickly here yes, let me very quickly i have a quick rave um by the just a very quick rave so the atlantic and Derek thompson so Derek thompson he spoke at content marketing world um and i became a huge fan of his writing and because i had i wanted to learn about it before his for his keynote talk didn't really know Derek thompson that much but have come to love uh his stuff and his podcast. He's got a great podcast. He wrote an article for The Atlantic um, basically uh, about anxiety and how it's it's called How Anxiety Became Content. So just Google it or, you know, we'll put it in the show notes, obviously. But um, it, it's it's just a it's a fantastic article. I don't know. I'm not even going to spoil it for you. Just go read it. It's just fantastic reporting, fantastic research, thought leadership. It's just so thoughtful and wonderful. I just had to to rave about it. So big ups to Derek Thompson for this particular article. My rant, uh, to the extent it is one, is an article that's in Marketing Brew, very quietly under the covers. Um, Magna, which is a media research firm that is uh, owned by one of the big agencies, um, and OpenAP, um, which is sort of a consortium of media providers, Discovery and Warner Brothers and a, a bunch of others, where basically they have come to this deal um, where they're going to use, there's a data broker, Axiom, which of course everybody um, in the data world knows what Axiom does. Um, And they have come to a deal where they will basically create a new platform for publishers and advertisers that they can basically get the data across TV. It's going to be primarily TV networks for addressable TV. but basically, it's going to include NBC Universal and Fox and Paramount and Warner Brothers. And you can then buy and target audiences across those networks. And it is, you know, it is at its core classic programmatic advertising and data, you know, sort of more surveillance based data driven marketing. And I think it's one of those things where, you know, it, 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 it's a little bit like open AI's sort of thing where we talked about where, you know, you're feeding the bull in the China shop. It's like this, this sort of, you know, grasp or firm grasp that we, that the media companies as well as the data companies are holding on to this data driven programmatic uh, advertising model 
is is just ruining uh, the internet. It's just it's just absolutely ruining. There was a, a somebody who one of our friends posted up a you know, sort of Wall Street Journal, basically, you know, which was fritzing out one day and you could just see the code you could see all and the reason it was fritzing out was because of all the programmatic code that was going into serving up all the ads mm -hmm. so many sites for me have now just become unusable on mobile because of the different ways that the ads are getting served and targeted and the programmatic code that goes into that makes these websites so heavy and so awful and, um, and it's just and this is is targeted toward tv and it's one of those things where it's happening under the covers and it's just yet another in the sort of trying to, you know, it's so much like the record companies trying to grasp onto the sort of, you know, data rights management stuff that they had for the music industry. And instead of solving the advertising problem, the solving the first party data problem, we just continue to look at these third party data brokers and third party data acquisitions and mashups as sort of the answer. And it's just not, it's just not the answer. And so I don't really have a point. I'm just a little frustrated with the whole thing. And I look at deals like this. And I'm just like, ah, yeah, okay. Again, this is where we're going with this. You know, it, we, we can't solve the problem. We can't really address the issue. We have to just sort of make another deal where all of our data is getting combined into this thing to use it to target advertising to us. And it's, it's just, it's a, it's a frustrating thing for those of us who really care about, first party data content valuable experiences and how it's getting used and uh and how people continue to monetize this stuff so anyway you hated programmatic advertising from the start and you yes. continue to carry that 100 i am for one impressed and proud that you've never given up sight on the goal to destroy programmatic advertising yep and we'll have a little party little popcorn yeah. party maybe well when that, i will when tell that you happens. that i'm not doing it nearly as well as uh, uh if you want to follow somebody in this space dr augustine fu fou um is doing doing you know he's doing the yeoman's work in this in this space just amazing stuff in sort of exposing the the weaknesses of it the problems with it and all of that and it has nothing to do with his work by the way it has very little to do with sort of privacy issues it's much more around effectiveness issues as well as fraud and and sort of yeah. automation issues so that's the that's the that's yeah. the net net of that very good so all right uh, we yeah. have some special episodes coming up we what do we do next week yes next week we will have a special episode our prediction episode um then we'll have an episode a special episode we'll keep that under wraps just for now for the very end of the year while probably everybody's on break Maybe we but should next... do a show about nothing yeah <laughs> a special episode and don't, really make everyone upset yeah, don't, don't spoil it we'll do a whole football show um <laughs> oh my gosh we'll have to put a disclaimer at the beginning to say yeah if you're not maybe that's for the maybe that's the last one I, we'll find out we'll, we'll find see. out and you'll find out everybody when you join us next week for our prediction show right but until we see you or hear you or listen to you next week and remember we'll have blair's question next week just remember, everybody, it is your story to tell. Tell it well. We'll see you next week on This Old Marketing.